Welcome to the 176th episode of the Crack Die Podcast. Hooray! Let's go! Hey. Oh boy. I feel like you almost forgot what you were going to say just then. <laughs> How many episodes? What are, where, where, where are we? What are we doing again? There's a lot happening. Who are we? Where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> we're Jean Valjean. <laughs> but I'm Javel. Are we? Oh no. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me, Crack Die Podcast Crew. <laughs> I am the Barber of Seville. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, and I love it. We've got the sillies. <laughs> this apparently is going to be one of those musical episodes that every show does when they hit the point of... Insanity? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even started watching the second season of Schmigadoon. That's the best part. Tiny Goblin Sorcerer. <laughs> I have many spells and skills that make it good to go insane. No, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need you to work on that and uh, present that to the class. Okay. I'm going to workshop it, bring it back next week. You have one week to perfect this. Secretly, I'm giving Rob homework so that he can't interfere in this combat. He'll be too busy thinking about lyrics. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. I'll just spam cast gravity. So, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just do this one thing over and over again. Oh, no. <laughs> just gravity. <laughs> just not anti-gravity, not gravity well. Just gravity. <laughs> Rob sets a macro for gravity. <laughs> well, last time we were here, you guys managed to... Clear the first room that you came into of some gugs and a weird translucent bat-like creature. You then fought a giant rock, and then you talked to a ghast, and then you sent them to uh, the boneyard, and then you opened this door and you saw three more gugs and a big old guy who is also a gug, but he kind of just stepped to the side. Well, that guy was invisible, but then he attacked with stone to flesh or whatever, or flesh to stone, and then uninvisibled himself. Yeah, that's where we left off, and it's the middle of the combat. So, with great power comes great responsibility, or it's Knife Sword's turn, one of the two, but it is Knife Sword's turn, so. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to turn stone to flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, don't do that. Challenge accepted. Because <laughs> then it becomes like a Giger, Geiger type of a game where the walls are like lumpy and penis. No. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about Android Geiger, yeah, it's all genitalia. Just hold my familiar. I'll be right back. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, no. And apparently we just need to get that song from South Park. Just wiener, 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 wiener. <laughs> okay. My turn, huh? I'm going to electric arc the Gug directly to my southeast, according to this map, but I'm, I'm sure that's not how it looks like in the room. The one that's standing on the other side of Brianna and Ooh. Sounds good. Got it. And then I'm assuming you're going to arc it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So first one is going to make a basic reflex DC 33 reflex save. That is a failure with a 27. Ooh. So damage? Yeah. Well, does, uh, I didn't know if the other one had to make one because it was arcing, but okay. Yep, the other one also has to make a save. 23, I think. Yes, 23 damage. Now the second Gug. Let's see if they can make the reflex with all of their injuries and whatnot. It's going to be a reflex. Reflex, reflex, reflex. So if I roll 
10 under what the save is. You know it's a critical failure. Is it a critical failure or is it a critical success? I mean, you have critically failed, but I believe that Knife Sword would draw a critical hit card. Then Mr. Sword of the Knife variety, please draw a critical hit card. Okay. Uh, Let's see, magic. Uh, Lingering damage. The target takes 1d6 persistent damage of the same type as the bomb or spells damage. So it's going to take 1d6 lightning damage. Electric. So 1d6. And this is electricity. Gross. And then they're going to take double damage, which would be 46 points. And would you like to describe how Knife Sword electrocutes this thing into no longer existing? Oh, jeez. So his hair starts, there's a crackle in the air and the smell of ozone as dark, no, no, that's not my name. Knife Sword. <laughs> as electricity starts to build up around Knife Sword and he floats uh, half an inch off the ground and suddenly the discharge flies out of his face. Hits the first gug, burns a hole through his shoulder, bounces off the wall behind him, off the column, off another wall, and then into the other guy, and he goes poof, and there's a little smoking crater. So let me get this straight. Off the wall, off the other gug, nothing but net. And a couple columns, yeah. A couple (laughs) columns, okay, all right. We all duck. This thing's pinging around. So I have a question. I hate to be that guy, but I, God, that's just who I am. Do gugs have a tax opportunity? That is a good question. They do have an attack of opportunity, Matt, because you guys did identify that before. Well, I'm just asking because Knife Sword was adjacent to that Gug as he cast a spell. Matt, whose side are you on? I'm on the side of the law. (laughs) The side of truth and justice. I don't want to be, but that's who I am. Don't worry about it, Matt. Actually, it's null and void because I'm under 5-2, and also it was a cantrip, and it's on an even day of the month. So, yeah, no, they don't actually get it this time. I'd like to roll my deception against Matt. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Goblin Matt says no attack of opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) That's very... Very, very cute. Here's the other question. Does anyone remember from last week whether or not it already took its attack of opportunity? No. It's been a long time. It's been a whole week. It's been a long road. Whichever one we choose, we're going to have listeners telling us we were wrong. So, <laughs> I'm sure Sean can just go back in the combat log that he handwrites as we play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handwritten combat log. So what I was going to say... Since I do not remember if it took its attack of opportunity, I was going to give you guys the option. Either I won't roll it, which I'm sure is the preferred option, or I'll take my second multiple attack penalty, which would be a minus five. Right, go ahead and roll it. Let's let's live dangerously. Yeah. All right. I don't see any evidence of it taking it. I don't either, but I'm, I'm going to swing away. Swing out, Louise. Swing out. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna swing a, a claw at you. Why not? Okay. So it was really weird. It looked like it was either a 19 or a one. Unfortunately, it was a 19 and I hit knife sword and he takes 18 points of damage. Minus 16, I believe, because I will liberate, which means knife sword if you want to move. No, I don't need to move. I would like to move to the south of Ooh. It's two steps, one to the east and then one southeast. So I'm next to Ooh and also next to the Gug. All right. Heidi, if you would like to take two steps, you are welcome to. Ooh would like to pivot herself between the Gug and the stone giant up top or whoever that is. Yeah, she's the bigger Gug. Yeah. 
Oh, then I guess I will move then. Let me actually give you guys a picture of the bigger Gug. Can we just take a step back? Because I think in between games, we discovered that he had regular invisibility, not improved invisibility. So it actually became visible when he cast whatever he cast. Correct. Twin Talon is no longer in my sphere of Marshall's aura. Correct. Can I move up one then? Yes, because you could have, instead of going down, you could have just moved straight over. Yeah. Good eye, Heidi. Good eye. And Rob, you said you did want to move? Well, now that it's opened up below me, this doesn't count as an action, right? So I'm just going to step down to press below Twin Talon. Okay. Okay, so nice sort of staying adjacent. He's just going two steps to the south. So he's south of Twin Talon, adjacent to the goat. And then I'm going to, I still have one more action. So when you're ready, I'll go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing something like, you know, under the sheets or behind the mask or whatever. Oh, my. Ew. Under the covers? Rob, don't tell people that you have a private view of my webcam. Extra ew. <laughs> I mean, it's just a hole in the wall. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to like yell at him and say, bad, and like smack him with my staff of power. Okay, make an attack. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, damn. Shouldn't I have a hero point? Yes, you all have a hero point. For those of you who can't hear the sound effects in, in Foundry, that was the whiff of a natural one. I would like to re-roll that, please. All right. 24. That is a regular miss. Oh, well. At least it wasn't critical. Yes. Just so everyone knows, as of right now, Ooh has one hero point. Brianna has two hero points. Knife Sword has no hero points because he just used his. Twin Talon has one hero point. Tasani has no hero points. And Soraya has three hero points. Three hero points. Jeez. Nice. That's all the hero points you can get. Yeah. So that is the Gug that is to the north that was invisible, but is now visible. Would anyone like to try and describe them? If M'Baku was not a vegetarian. <laughs> okay. So it's it's like a Gug, but it's gray, and it's eating, looks like flesh with a bunch of worms in it, I'm going to guess, because they like the undead. Ew. Yeah, and he's doing the, like, the villain lounge and like a little throne on the picture, but... Yeah, stone throne, villain lounge. That's perfect description. He must be just like eating and casting spells on us. Just like, eh. yeah, he's just my somatic component really only needs the wrist and the hand. It's fine. <laughs> it's interrupted my lunch. And if you remember, the gugs in here were snacking when you first came in and they were sprinkling some of that fungus that was crunchy fungus onto the guests. Oh, right. So they're all getting high and fighting us. Sprinkling PCP onto their... Correct. They're actually Florida man, so it's just bath salts. (laughs) Bath salts, got it. Just Florida gug. Florida gug. Florida gug. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. It's like Florida ceiling, you know what I'm saying? All right. (laughs) Matt. No, no, we need to commission somebody to do a, I'm going to call it a gug shot. Like a mug shot for Florida man, but it's a gug. Twin Talon, you are up. Okay, I'm going to stab it. I know it's a shock. Oh, wow. You hit. I did. I rolled a three. So I will roll damage and I will also put precise debilitation on this gug for my other attacks. That is 33 damage, which is 21 physical to Sonic and... 35. Oh, right. Plus two. Thank you. Plus two. So 35. All right. It is stabbed and precisely debilitated. All right. Well, let's try it again. That's a hit. That's another hit. Yep, yep, yep. Only because it's flat-footed. Sure. So the last time didn't have a little flat-footed thing on it, did it? It did not. 
Would that have crit? Oh, no, it did. Uh, flat-footed flanked, yes. Yeah, well, because this time the precise debilitations makes it flat-footed. But yeah, it should have been last time. Okay, and then an additional 2d6. So that's 48 damage. All right, still there. Yeah, I'm trying to think, should I bank it? Yeah, I'll use preparation to bank my last action to instead be a reaction. And then Taysani's going to move. She's going to go there, swing around. So she's going to move into the door, swing south and loop around so that she gives Brianna and Ooh flanking. I don't like that, but that works. I know. It's my plus two pterodactyl. (laughs) (laughs) Go bestie, go. Go bestie, go bestie, go. And that'll be my turn. Matt. Yes. Do you have the ability to use Tasani's advanced ability? Yes. She can dance and give me cover. Okay. Which then I can use to hide behind because I'm a rogue and that gives me sneak attack. Okay. So I could technically hide behind my pterodactyl and just pop up and shoot people for sneak attack damage if that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Because I was reading some stuff and I noticed, I forgot that one of the animal companion traits for a bear was basically if it's flanking with you and you hit the target, it gets a free attack. That's fun. I forgot what Tasani's ability was, but. Yeah, she has like the swoop attack so she can move and attack or she can do like the dance thing or she can flap her wings, basically create enough cover behind her for a person to hide. It's fine. I mean, I like Tasani. Uh, if I would have been min-maxing, it's probably not the animal I would have chosen, but she is very useful. Her mobility is super helpful just to get into positions. i cover her ears while you're saying this. <laughs> no, she's she does a great job. She just has a lot of offensive capability, and I don't use my actions to give her actions, which would allow her to do like the swoop attack or things like that. All right. I was just wondering. It was something I noticed the other day, and I was like, oh, I should ask Matt about that. Any hoozle, it is the Gug's turn. Which one? The one that is being flanked by everybody. Okay. So it's going to attack with its claws. Actually, no. It is going to use two actions to use Furious Claws, which means I get to attack four times against four different targets. And my multiple attack penalty doesn't increase until the end. So first attack at Knife Sword. That is a seven on the die for a total of 30. And that is a miss. Claw number two, Fintalon. It's a natural one for a critical miss. Draw that card. (laughs) We'll take it. This is an unarmed off balance. You are slowed two until the end of your next turn, which means I lose my last action from this turn. No, you don't. Stunned happens immediately. Slowed just happens when you get your actions at the beginning of the turn. Okay, cool. This one is for Brianna. Hello. Coming at you. All right. I've done so well so far. Coming in hot. Natural 20. All right, all right. For a 43. (sighs) You know, I have this extra hero point. Can I make you (laughs) reroll? Yeah, you can. (laughs) I mean, if anybody's going to get hit with a nat 20, it would be me, but might as well, right? They're going to need a nat 20 to crit on you. So I rolled a 14 for a 37, which now is a miss. (sighs) All right. Last attack is, ooh. No. That is a nine on the die for a 32, which is a miss. This poor Gug. Miss, critical miss, miss, miss. (laughs) Last action for the turn is I'm going to take a claw attack at Tasani. Don't you dare. With a minus eight. Well, that's a 16 on a die for a 31, which is a miss. I swung at my highest base attack bonus. (laughs) Four times. Four times. 
and did zero damage that turn. How are you feeling, Sean? What's the opposite of great? <laughs> oh, buddy. Not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Oh, my brain. It is now Soraya's turn. I have an infinite supply of moderate alchemist fires, so I am going to brew up two of those for my first action and throw one for the second. <gasps> I'm going to hero point that not one because I have three of them motherfuckers. Ooh. Might as well. Can't believe all these nat ones today. Quit it, everyone. Quit it. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's not not great. All right, 33. That is a hit. Cool. That's going to be 13 fire damage plus two persistent. Okay. And two splash because it's all going to hit him. It's not going to hit my friends. I like this, the persistent fire damage icon. Just the flaming skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> they just changed it <laughs> from like just an image of fire to a flaming skeleton that's screaming. Yeah, it is definitely screaming. <laughs> all right. And we're going to throw the second one for a 35. That's another hit. More damage. It's going to take 17 fire plus two more splash and the two persistent just stays because it's the same thing. Is that what you're supposed to do on a turn when you attack is like hit and do damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, generally speaking, that's that's the goal. Uh, interesting. I should try that next turn. Is that it for you, Christine? Yep, that was make two bombs, throw two bombs. So. All right. Hiya, it is your turn. Well, since everybody seems to be wailing on this uh, lovely Gug and it looks like my bestie is across from me flanking, Rihanna's going to do what she does best, and that's swing and roll. How is a 39? That's a critical hit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Sapping slash crit effect. The target is fatigued. So now you're just tired. You're so tired. Let me roll some damage. That would be... uh, I'm guessing the, the four good does not go through. No, you would be wrong. The positive doesn't go through because it's not undead. I can't tell which is which on on the icons, honestly. Four good, two positive. So it's minus four plus two. So minus two is 40. Would you like to describe your kill? Wow. I think Brianna tends to be a one-trick pony with with kills and will definitely try and decapitate again because, you know, cauliflower, big mouth, scary thing. Just call her Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Decapitate. Damn it. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, the pun was better in my head. My mouth fucked it up. I was going to say, wait, does that mean Brianna only dates people like 20 years younger than her? You know, since Brianna is... I think I've said her as 23 currently. That would be awful. So let's say no. <laughs> yeah, no. Leo doesn't date anybody older than 29. Okay. Okay. But he's had that policy since he was 29. So. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Which is why I, I need to get myself a too old for Leo shirt. <laughs> I will mark that down for Christmas. All right. Love you, Haya. <laughs> so Brianna will hop back down after doing a lovely slashing flourish and decapitating the gug, turning artistly and, and wiping the blood onto her bracer and then turning to face this one that has just apparated behind her. For her second action, she will move up to it. And for her final action, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling whether to strike or, or raise my shields. Fuck it, I'm the only one up here. It goes next. 
So, I mean, you're not going to kill it one hit less likely. So maybe raise your shield. It's up to you. Do what you think's fun. Okay. So this is happening pretty quickly, right? So since combat is happening so fast, I feel like she runs up to it and then she sees that it's like, I don't know, raising whatever to strike down. So she will raise her shield to quote unquote block whatever's happening. Thematically, she's reacting to whatever is happening next. Great. So she's raising her shield as this creature gives her a smooch. That's my job. <laughs> no smoochies? Gug kisses would be gross. Their teeth are like out of their mouth. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. I'd much rather be kissed by a rose in the gray. <laughs> <laughs> Baby! Keep your rose away from my gray, Sean. <laughs> I don't think that's a literary said, but okay. All right. Haya, would you like to take an attack of opportunity as you see this gug start to cast? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like she'll raise her shield thinking that they're gonna swipe, but see like, I don't know, magic begin to form in their palm. Be like, oh, okay, fuck this. So she will absolutely attempt to strike. While she yells, no bad. No, bad. <laughs> Knife sword did it, seemed to work. Oh, I missed with a 31. 31 does miss. Poop, all right. And now you see coming out of the ground suddenly. Uh-oh. What? Something you've all seen before. Oh, no. Because you surround yourself with people like Knife Sword. Oh, fuck me. All right. Oh, tentacles. Woohoo! And black tentacles start to sprout around the floor. That's nasty. All right. So now I'm going to make a spell attack roll against the fortitude DC of each creature in the area. I'm going to start with Brianna, 37 against your fortitude DC. That just makes it, yeah. Okay, so then you are grabbed. Shame I cannot liberate myself. Ooh, does a 34 beat your fortitude DC? Nuggets, no it doesn't. Boo. Is that bit right? Uh, do I get Soraya in that too? No, you do not. Okay. Twin Talon. Does a 29 get your Fortitude DC? No. <laughs> Knife Sword. Does a 40 hit your Fortitude DC? I'm going to say no, <laughs> but... I'm going to say with conviction. According to the number on the sheet, I mean, it's it's lower than that. So, But I would say no, because it didn't get low enough. Gotcha, gotcha. And does a... Oof. 44 hit Tasani's fortitude. It does. This is a new round. <laughs> Damn it. She's too far away. But is Knife Sword? But yes, you do have all your reactions back. You, you just went. Yeah. You're too far away from the two people who actually get grabbed. I have one job. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. So now those of you who are grabbed are taking 3d6 bludgeoning. Ooh, four, five, six on damage. Nice. That's 15 points of damage. Uh, Tasani, Knife Sword, and Brianna. And then whenever a creature ends its turn in the area, I attempt to grab, and then they take another 1d6. And then, because that worked out so well, I'm going to reach out and claw Brianna, because she's right in front of me. Hello. And now she's grabbed. Yeah, so I actually have a chance. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> nope. That is a six on the die for a 29, which is only a fail by nine. Sorry. <gasps> Not a 10. Next up is, ooh, 
Ooh, now it's Heidi's turn. Now it's my turn. Yay. Can I run up here and pull her out to the other side of me or push her? Yes, you can. Roll me. It's an assist action. So it's a DC 20. So you can roll either your athletics or your athletics is probably going to be your best skill to use to push her out of being grabbed. Alternatively, you can cut the tentacle. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can also attack a tentacle. Sorry. And as long as she doesn't continue to stand there on her turn, she's fine. It's not going to grab her again until the end of her turn. Okay. What did I have out? My, my battle axe I must have had out. I guess I will strike the tentacle with my battle axe then. So here we go. 29. 29 will hit. Okay. And then roll your damage. 30? Two? And it is destroyed if it takes 12 or more damage. So, yes, Brianna is freed. Hooray. You have one more action. So I've run up behind her and I've sliced out Brianna. I'll save you, baby! <laughs> and then I'm going to strike at the at the Zevalborg-Smorgasborg. Oh. What? <laughs> Honestly, we were all thinking it. 26? Miss. Oh, no. What? What? That's fine. All right. My three turns. Knife sword. It is your turn. You are grabbed by black tentacles. Okay. I'm going to reverse gravity. What? And I'm going to... Where? How do I get the thing to do the thing? That is an interesting question. It's an area. I'm trying to like... Where's the, Where's my circle? What's the area? I just see the range. Area 20 foot radius. Yep. In a 40 foot tall cylinder. How tall is the ceiling in this room? Does it look like 40 feet? Oh, it is much taller than 40 feet, I believe. Let me just double check. Oh, never mind then. I think about a 20 foot radius is hard to not catch your friends. In this. Ceiling is hundreds of feet in the air. All right, never mind. Well, okay, here's what I was planning. I was actually planning to catch my friends in it because Matt's in the middle of it, I think. I'm trying to tell which circle is. Of the tentacles? Yeah, that's the big circle that you and I are in, right? Yes. My thought was, that if I'd reverse gravity and you were able to get away, you would fall to the ceiling and you could run across the ceiling and get to the guy without getting having to re-roll the tentacles again. Oh, that's smart. I'd appreciate that. But the thing is, it's like so far up, it's not going to work. You know, you're just going to go up and then fall right back down. So instead, I'm just going to telekinetically bombard the bad guy with one of the two columns to either side of him. Oh, jeez. Okay. So place the 10-foot burst, which I'm going to place it there. He needs to do a DC 33 save reflex. Or they, she could be, they, she. It is a male gug. Okay. <laughs> that is a 33 on total, which is a save. I take half damage. Okay. I love all those D6s. Oh my God. 14 D6. Jesus. It's a level seven spell. So I take 32 points of bludgeoning damage. Thanks. You're welcome. You have one more action. Oh, I do. Can I try to escape? Yep. If I can't go anywhere, can I? You would then end the turn and it would grab you again. Yeah. Yeah. Attempt to grab you again. Yeah. Does it do damage when it grabs or does it do damage just every turn? It does 3d6 when it grabs or 1d6 if you're already grabbed. All right. So if I'm already grabbed, I might as well just stay grabbed and I'll just launch a uh, level three magic missile one action at the bad guy. Six more damage. All right. That's another six points of damage. And then you're going to take 1d6 bludgeoning. Five points of damage. Uh, no, no. It said question mark. Who's to say how much damage? So if you, you know, do your outside inside multiplications, the question mark equals five. Just basic algebra. 
damn it. I've been here too long. You're learning math. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, it is Twin Talon's turn. Okay. So first things first, Taysani is going to attack her tentacles. Okay. <laughs> that is a critical hit, if such a thing is possible. Hell yeah. At 20. It is. Piercing, triple damage, ventilated. Amazing. That's what I was hoping for. Yep. Go ahead and roll your damage. So seven times three is 21. So that should be enough to free her. Yes, she is no longer grabbed. Hooray. All right. And then Twin Talon is going to look at Knife Sword and be like, you got this. And then he's going to sprint north to get out of the tentacles, 20 feet north. Does that provoke an attack of opportunity as you entered and left a threatened square? Attacks of opportunity are provoked by leaving a threatened square. So yes. And they have 15 foot reach, so yes. Yep. However, when I stride and I move by half my speed or less, I do not trigger reactions. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Level two rogue feet. It's called mobility. Anyway. Continue. Sorry about it. <laughs> I don't think you are. Don't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and then Twin Talon is going to use his second action to attack the Goog. That is looks like a critical hit, according to Foundry. Yeah, that's a 47. That's a hit by 15. Nice. Damn. All right. Let's see what we got here. Right in the ear. Normal damage. The target is deafened until healed, which isn't normally that big of a damage or big of a deal. But like for spellcasters, deafened is actually bad. So I'll take it. Also, I'm just surprised you found a Gug's ear. I wouldn't know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I figured like Tin Talon like is sprinting through tentacles. He comes up. The thing tries to take a swipe at him. He slides under its arm, comes up from behind, stabs it right in the side of its head, happens to hit the ear. It's not on purpose. It's just accidental. <laughs> it's still impressive. The rest of us are like, wait, it has an ear? Apparently. <laughs> and it'll take 30 damage. Plus two is 32. And I will put precise debilitation on it. All right. And then with my third action, I'm going to whistle for Tesani. And she is going to fly. 25. So she's circling around, basically, around the room. She's going to come here and attack. So she is flanking with Twin Talon at this point. So she has flown counterclockwise around the room, past Ooh, and come in for an attack. And this will be her second attack. That is a 35 to hit. That is a hit. That is eight slashing damage as she scratches it with her talon as she flies it. I believe that is 10 because she is in the Marshall's aura. That is correct. Thank you. <laughs> Heck yeah. So best you go. Cheesy, crazy. All right, Christine, it is Soraya's turn. Okay. I do not have line of sight to this second Gug, this Gug the second here. But fortunately, my move speed is 35 feet, which is just enough to get me here. The south end of the room? Yes, the south end of the room, because I am still close enough to hit it with a bomb, and I can actually see it now, because I was in the other room and could not see it all the way up in the north there. And since I only have two actions left, I am going to craft... Should I do a blight bomb or a necrotic bomb? Blight is poison. Necrotic is negative. Mm. Do we know what it's, uh, um, what's the word? Chaotic evil, large aberration. Do Gugs have a history of being weak or immune to one or the other of those? Like, we've definitely checked them. No, you remember that they have no weaknesses, no resistances. Because you guys did do a knowledge. Yeah, we've definitely done knowledge checks on them. Let's go with the Blight Bomb. Why not? 
So second action is to make my bomb. Third action is to, to chuck it, to huck it at somebody. Another nat one. Well, I'm going to hero point that as well. Oh my goodness. Alrighty, 34. 34 will hit. All right. Hey, Yamish. Ugh. 12 plus the three splash and 3d4 persistent. Nice. See, did they change the poison? No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just that acid green splashy nastiness. <laughs> All right, so that's my turn. I moved into actually check out what was going on, made my weapon and hucked it. Sounds like a good turn. Yeah, can't complain. All right. Next is Brianna. Debating whether or not to move since this thing is still up. I mean, you probably should move eventually, but maybe not. Right this second. You could sweep around to the side where Taysani is. I mean, you take an attack opportunity, but you could raise your shield, move around, and do an attack. You're the one most equipped to take those. Sure, I'll do that. So you're going to raise your shield. And then I'm going to move next to my bestie. Yep. And it does not take an attack of opportunity because it has not had a turn since Twin Talon moved up. Well, Twin Talon didn't trigger an attack of opportunity. Yeah, so it would have it back, though. Right? Would it? I mean, if you insist. I just don't trigger them. It's not like you miss with them. They just don't happen. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Here comes a claw at Brianna. That's an 11 on the die. And I miss because of that stupid shield. <laughs> I miss by two, which is exactly what your shield gives you. Nice. <laughs> so tank off the shield and then she will strike and miss. Poop. Yeah, that is a miss. With a 30. It clangs off the arm of the gug, unless you're going to use that last hero point. Debating. What do you guys think? I think use it. Yeah, why not? All right. Fuck it. Let's use it. It's your best attack. You attacked with like a three. I don't think you need much more than that. I think you have a pretty good chance. Yeah. All right. Take my hero point, Sean. How is a 35? That's a hit. Ha 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 ha. So he'll take 28 points of damage. 26. You raised your shield, moved, and slashed me in the face. Thanks. Yep. She used a melee attack, right? I did. And she she hit him? Yep. Can I react to murder then? I would prefer if you didn't, but you can. Okay, cool. Well, I am also going to use my hero point. I rolled a three as well. Okay, that's a 31 total, and that's a miss, but you're going to be gross and hero point it. Hopefully. 35. I think we've got the exact same rolls. That'll hit. Yeah, I think you guys did. <laughs> okay, great. So I have to roll the extra 2d6. So, oh, I should have done 2d6 plus 2. I keep not doing that. So 38, 39, 40. 40 points of damage. Would you like to describe how you hit it and not kill it? Sure. Brianna whacks it. Uh, its one hand is holding its side of its head where its ear was as it wheels around. Twin Talon sees those delicious kidneys and gets a stab in there. Ha! Nice weak kidney shot. <sighs> okay, you hear the gug howl in pain as it turns to face, first off, Rihanna. Hello. And it goes to cast a spell at you, which means... Did Rihanna take all of her actions? She did. Yeah. Just making sure, because you have a habit of that. That's true. I appreciate that, bud. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> I've been trying to get better. Trying to get better. That is not an unfair question. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> that is not an unfair question. I agree. It wheels around and you see black light coalescing in his hands as he reaches out and just goes to touch you. Gross. I'm going to try and lob his hand off. The spell has a somatic and verbal component. So, first off, attacks of opportunity with Brianna, which will hit. A 36 on the die will hit. 36 on the die? Yeah. 
I'd hope that would hit. <laughs> right? 20 total. And then does Tasani have an attack of opportunity? Unfortunately, no. Ooh, would you like to take an attack of opportunity? Yes, yes, please. <laughs> 36. Oh, it's another hit. Yes, fuck you. Nice. This is not good. So 27 points of damage. Matt, does Twin Talon have an attack of opportunity? No, I only have opportunity backstab. And you're next, which only happens when I kill someone. So. All right. So now I cast and I have to make a DC five flat check because I am deafened. Correct. So I will also need Brianna to make a fortitude save, please. You got it. Seven. Easy. Easy pass. 44. <laughs> that seems like it might be a crit save. Plus be a juggernaut. That's a critical success. So you feel this like oily, gross black energy hit you and you feel the light of Saren Ray push it off and not do anything to you. Then it turns around and claws at Twin Talon. Right. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to unhide my roll. Fun. That is a natural one. Wah, wah, wah. And natural one, he only missed by seven. That guy's attack is pretty good. So unarmed, head first. You fall unconscious until you wake up or the end of your next turn. How, how did that happen? We, we gotta, we gotta. So it goes to swing its massive claws at Twin Talon, just all four of them. And Twin Talon gets out of the way and it just smacks its giant skull against the ground. Amazing. I just figure it hit itself on the arm of its chair. Yeah. <laughs> Is there an audible like, ooh, around all of us? <laughs> oh, you're all like, oh, damn. It now takes seven poison damage. Aha. And it's dead. <laughs> Please. Oh, I wish. And it does not pass its recovery check. Nice. So it will continue taking damage. Woo. Ooh, it is your turn. All right. You know what I'm doing. Swing at your face. 34. That is a hit as it is prone and unconscious and deafened. <laughs> 27. 27. Would you like to describe your kill? Hooray! Good job. She saw her friends knocking around all the other things, and they, they all killed the guns, and she wanted a chance to kill the guns, but then the tentacles came up, and she got really excited about that. But then she had to turn around because like, her friend was getting attacked by the tentacles, so she ran after her friend, and she tried to get her friend out of the tentacles, and then she sees the gun, and everyone's attacking the gun now. And now she, she thought that was her moment. That was her moment to get the gun, <laughs> and then she wanted to get the gun. But she gets the gun anyway, you know? So she comes down. She comes down with her axe right on top of his stupid mouth. She cuts it in half in twain <laughs> and it dies in pieces <laughs> cool Heidi you're amazing I love it <laughs> too much energy tone that down Heidi and with that combat is over I feel like at this point we want to look over at knife swords like chanting and we see the tentacles like instead of tangling him up they're just like passing him along like he's in a crowd at a concert knife <laughs> <laughs> swords just crowd surfing. They just like deposit him on the outside of the tentacles. Knife sword had a great time. <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. I've been touched so deeply. <laughs> okay, so now that combat is over, I will re-give you the description of this room. Three plinths in the corner of the room hold structures of dwarven revelers, while the one to the southwest holds a stone throne sized for a giant. There's a door leading to the east, but there's also a lot of like, there's piles of muck and debris. You see the bones of 
ghasts littered about. Fun, fun. I just had a thought. Is there any markings on the floor that maybe these things move? Like the pillars or the throne or anything? Like slide marks for like the stone? Yeah. It's a good thought. Mm-hmm. So as you look around, you don't notice any scratching on the floor, but as you look at the throne, you do notice very faintly, you see some of the same dwarven revelers but the stone has been warped around them. Like warp, like when we were in the other room with the guests? Like the walls of the other room? Yes. So you guys can assume that this throne wasn't actually here before, but someone or something used stone shape to reshape it into a throne. I'm going to guess that was uh, Casty McGugface over here. Casty McGugface. That makes some sense, yeah. As you look around, you see that there is a small pile next to the throne. You see that most of the contents are oddly shaped stones, fragments of bone, and other objects of little value. However, you find two ancient coins that are worth a total of 100 gold pieces and two brown shining gems. Uh Uh-oh. Recall knowledge on them? I mean, yes. There you go. I posted the skills that you can use into the chat. Go ahead and click any of those buttons and let me know whoever wants to try and investigate them. Sure. Also, after that, I think Brianna would like to ask around if anybody would like some healing. So, Twin Talent don't know what this is, but everyone else does. These are called elemental gems. They are worth 200 gold pieces each. You can activate them using two actions with command and interact. You shout the name of an elemental lord and dash the glassy gem against a hard surface to activate it. It cracks open, casting a fifth level summon living landslide spell to summon forth an elemental you control as long as you spend an action each round to sustain the activation. This gem is light brown for a living landslide. She grabs both of them. She puts them right by her eyes. She's like, guys, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing for other elementals, different colors, like red for fire or green for acid or whatever. Yes. So you have two of these gems. So she's like squeezing them with her like eyebrows and stuff to hold them in place. Yes. You know, in Snow White, when they put put the gems up to their eyes, like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put them into the group loot so you can move them around as you would like. And then I'm going to put just the 100 gold into your loot because I'm assuming... We're going to liquidate the coins. Yeah. I mean, do we know any? You said, say the names of the elemental lords. We're like, well, bam, Steve. Come fight for us. (laughs) Yes, you know the, I mean, growing up, you kind of know the names of, like, you learn in school, like, oh, these are the different planes of elements. These are the lords who rule those planes. Got it. And we all remember, like we all do, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. After this, we all go to the nearby pub for trivia. In the distance, echoing off the cavern walls, you hear an indescribable otherworldly sound. Describe it for us, Sean. (laughs) It's indescribable. (laughs) It sounds like two mountains rubbing against each other. So like this really low rumbling, but also there's a like high pitched scream and it's just echoing off of everything. And a Zephyr and a mountain love each other very much. I was going to say. If you would like, 
You can try to identify this sound with a recall knowledge. Sure. Why not? Give us the prompt. I am. How are our spellcasters doing? Uh, it's maybe getting there soon, but uh, not not just yet. And also, last chance. Does anybody need healing? Oh, I could use a little bit. Gather around, gather around. I've got this crick in my neck. Nope. I'm here. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Is that what you're calling me now? Hi, Mommy. No. No, thank you. Well, we also have, um, and it was a ghast, right? We have that ghast that's in that chamber still, and something, something, we were going to bring him back, and I don't know what's happening with that, so... Is this the place to do it? Can we hole up here for a hot second and do that? Or are we not doing this right now? We're just going to leave him there? Well, I think we hear the sound of two mountains humping right now. Which is also very sexy, but I just want to know what we're doing with that thing. Well, the thing about the ghast, it's going to take a full day. It's a ritual. Unfortunately, it's not something that we can simply do. So, okay. Yeah, we do have, I think, a, I think it's, it's like a year after the death or something. It's, it's not on a, a time limit. It would be wise to find out exactly if there is some form of identification we can have so we're not bringing them back to a world they do not know, but giving them a chance of life beyond the horrors they've lived might be a mercy. I don't know. We'll deal with it once we're done here. Also, where the heck is my medicine stuff? What are you rolling? I don't like it. <laughs> Stop it. It was like he's rolling a bunch of stuff for us. So here you go, knife sword. This is for you. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so I rolled secret knowledge checks about the sound that you guys heard. And Twin Talent is the only one who thinks that they recognize what this might be. And it's either the sound of something called a magma dragon what? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Magma dragon or magma dragon, like dragon its butt? No, like big wings, pointy horns, spewing magma from its mouth. Still could be either. It's magma dragon could be dragon its butt, like it has anal gland issues. <laughs> Not that we have any experience with our own little dragon at home. This is for you, Titi. I'm going to just um, attack you since I failed miserably and I missed anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> Awesome. Or an even more terrifying thought for you, Twin Talon. It could be what's called the Armageddon engine. What? What is that? In which direction does it sound like it's coming from? It's echoing off of every wall. It just sounds like it's everywhere. So what do I know about the Armageddon engine? Well, you know that it is a terrifying creature of legend. You know that this is an ancient creature that is the spawn of Rovagug. Huh. Who? There are a bunch of Rovagug's spawns out there. Rovagug, he's an imprisoned god, if memory serves, that fought, I think, Serenray and Desna and I think even Asmodeus at the dawn of time. We imprisoned him in the center of Galarian, I believe. Yes. And then Phrasma like sealed him or... Is this like a titan? Imprisoned since the age of creation, the god Rovagug seeks only to destroy creation and other gods. Believed to be imprisoned in a state of torpor somewhere deep within Galarian. 
His increasingly restless strains are taken by many to be the cause of volcanic activity and earthquakes. Well, as long as we don't go to this Galarian place, we'll be fine. <laughs> About that. <laughs> so I guess when Talon's just like listening to this thing, he's like, okay, so that's nothing good. Either that's the sound of a demigod who's purpose is to destroy literally everything, or it's a magma dragon. Which is equally well, not maybe equally, but that's also bad, right? I mean, the magma dragon is an intelligent creature, so maybe we could talk to it, but if it's the other thing where our only thing is really to run, although I can't tell where it's coming from, so I don't know what to do with this information. There's something bad out there. Matt, roll a d2. This is literally a 50-50. Good luck. One. Great. As you are thinking and talking about this, you think and you think and you're like, Armageddon engine, Armageddon engine. There was another name for it. Armageddon on. <laughs> a Tarask. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Either it's a magma dragon or it's the literal worst thing we could find. And with that, we're going to end the episode. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Maybe. Maybe we'll show up. Maybe we won't. I quit this podcast. I don't want to find Tarask. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm bringing a Tarask to this fight. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't want it. I would like to cast Wish to know how to cast Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next week. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the... Lesnar's log, 3234th-day-1-Serenith. Finally, it was my turn in the device. The professor sent me back 30 seconds into the past, just long enough to see myself leave in the next room before I was able to exit the device. It works, and I hardly vomited at all. I can tell the dog is judging me, but she went forward in time, which is the normal way. Of course, she didn't vomit. The clicky-clack mouth assistant says my next trip will go back a week. They have given me the only key to open a box that has been secured. I must go into isolation now to avoid running into my future self when I come back before I leave. This all makes my head hurt. Time travel's confusing. End log. Crack Die Podcast. Please visit us at crackdiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please visit them at epidemicsound.com. The Cracked Eye podcast theme was composed by Angelo DiLoretto. He is forever missed. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in breathing life into this production. We do not know where we'd be without them. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs>